What a great video to lead us into this new series. We get to hear from people in our church about legacy. My name's Clayton King, one of the pastors here at New Spring, and it's an honor for me to kick off this series. The timing of this series is so essential to what's going on in our church right now. If you haven't heard from your campus pastor or a host at your church today, in just a few days as a church, we're doing something that we value and believe in. It's called The Weekend. And if you've heard us talk about it, I hope you're praying with us for the weekend as well. And I just want to mention this to you. I have two teenage sons. Shari and I have a son named Jacob who's 19. He'll be volunteering to help lead the weekend. And a 16-year-old son named Jojo who is going to be participating in the weekend. So this means something to us. We've got skin in the game. I checked with some folks right before the service today. One of the things that we do as a church is we want to invest in the next generation. And so I found out an accurate number. We still have about $30,000 that we're trying to raise as a church so that we can fully fund the weekend. We don't want a single teenager to miss out on coming and being a part of this amazing weekend together because they can't afford it or because their mom and dad are strapped or it's a tough time financially. Our family has already invested in the weekend fund and I wanna encourage you to do that. I am praying in faith that at the 1115 service, I can announce that we have already raised the remaining $30,000 to fully fund the weekend. Can you trust God with me for that? Now, as you clap your hands together, you might wanna use those hands to write a check or open up this website after the service. We're gonna put that up on the screens for you right now. You can text the weekend to 30303. That'll send you a link where you can go and you can make a donation to help fully fund hundreds and hundreds of students all across the state of South Carolina that are gonna to get to hear the gospel and have their lives changed. Our church will only be as strong as the investment we make in the next generation. And we believe in that. Well, I wanna start off this series by making a statement as we've planned and prepared and prayed for the timing of this series on legacy, we're gonna be looking at the life of Paul and Timothy over the next several weeks. You're gonna to get to hear from Pastor Brad and Pastor Dan. And as I kick this off, I am thinking about my own life and I'm thinking about the life of our church. And this is a true statement when it comes to legacy. You're always receiving a legacy and you're always leaving a legacy. Every one of us is receiving a legacy from the people who have gone before us, that have formed and shaped us, and every one of us, whether we know it or not, is leaving a legacy for those that will come behind us. So when you think about the word legacy, what pops into your mind? Typically, when I hear the word legacy or you hear the word legacy, I tend to think about what people will say about you after you die. What will people say about you after you die? I've been to a lot of funerals in my life. I've preached a lot of funerals as a pastor. And it's amazing to me how at a funeral, everybody wants to celebrate the life of a person that they loved. But my mom and dad used to say this before they passed away, don't wait till I'm dead to say nice things about me. Tell me some nice things right now while I'm alive. <laughs> it's good to celebrate a person's legacy after they're gone, but legacy is way more than just saying a few good things about a person at the graveside service. So it's not just what people say about you after you die. Your legacy is much more than that. 
And so whether you are a business owner or a nurse, a school teacher or a high school football coach, whether you work in construction or you're a college student just trying to pay your tuition, everybody within the sound of my voice has the ability to leave a legacy. And that's what we're trying to accomplish in this series. We wanna help you understand how you can leave a legacy, something that will outlive you, the people that you can pour into, the people that you can mentor, the people that you can influence, the people that you can disciple. It's part of how our church grows. It's part of how the Big C Church, Universal, grows. Christians like you, believers like me, know that God has given us one life to live and we number our days accordingly with a passion to pass on to the next generation what has been handed down to us. So a better way to think about legacy is this, the way you're living now that you will pass on to those after you. The way you live now that you will pass on to those after you. That's your legacy. It's not just what people will say about you after you're dead. It's actually the way you and I are living right now. And what I wanna do in this message is I want to kick off this series and help us as we approach the weekend and the weeks following to think about who those people are in your life that have left a legacy for you and what kind of legacy you wanna leave for those that will come after you. That's what Paul did for Timothy. Paul is in the latter stages of his life when we pick up this passage of scripture in 1 Timothy 1. And we'll start off looking at verses 18 and 19. Paul has had a phenomenal run. He has preached the gospel all over the region of the world that we call the Mediterranean. He's planted churches. He's trained leaders. He's proclaimed the gospel in places that have never heard the name of Jesus. But he knows that his days are numbered, so he properly numbers his days. And he wants to pour into a young man named Timothy. And that's where we're gonna be for the next several weeks in this series. We're gonna see how Paul left a legacy for Timothy and we're gonna see how we can do the same. First Timothy 1, verses 18 through 19. Let me read it with you on the screens. Paul writes this, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. Paul wants to leave a legacy to Timothy. Paul knows I'm not going to live forever. When I pass away, I want Timothy to continue fighting a good fight. I want Timothy to continue having a good faith and a good conscience. Timothy, you are like a son to me. I love you like a father. And I want to pass some things on to you that I've learned, the hard fought battles I've been through, the scars I bear on my body from the marks of the gospel. I want you to have a faith knowing that if I could survive a shipwreck, if I could survive a beating, if I could survive being stranded, if I could survive prison sentences, if I could survive death threats, if I could make it, you can make it. If I can die faithful, you can die 
faithful. But it's not just about dying faithfully. It's about living faithfully. It's about doing something while I'm alive right now. I don't want to wait until I'm dead hoping people say good things about me. I'm going to live a life right now for Jesus. Man, I'm fired up about this because I only have a certain amount of time. It's limited and I'm going to squeeze the life out of it. I believe this to the core of my soul, New Spring Church. I wanna live my life this way. And I don't care if I die in a car wreck or an old man in a retirement facility, drinking and drooling with all of my senior citizen friends. However I go out, I am gonna go out leaving a legacy for the name of Jesus. I don't care about leaving a name for me. You shouldn't care about making a name for yourself. And I'll say this, New Spring Church doesn't care a thing in the world about people knowing the name of New Spring. We want people to know the name of Jesus. We want people to know who our Father is. We want people to know that the Holy Spirit is real and he gives gifts to his kids. We want the church to grow. And if we're a vehicle that can be a part of that by leaving a legacy, then we're going to put our money where our mouth is. All right, that's my introduction. I'm lathered up. Are y'all ready to go? So let me make a statement here. I don't know if I can finish this thing in 35 minutes. Y'all want to take a bet? We'll see. The legacy you will leave one day is the life you are living today. The legacy that you will leave one day is the life that you're living today. It's the way you're spending your money right now. There is somebody right now at one of our campuses, I'm talking to you. I'm gonna trust the Holy Spirit to interpret this to you. There is one person right now, you could stroke a check for $30,000 and fully fund the weekend and not even feel it. Why won't you do that? That's a legacy. Now, you, you may not be the person that can write a check for $30,000. Your legacy that you're living right now might be the fact that there is a young man who was raised in a home that was filled with strife and chaos, and you're his coach or you're his teacher, and your legacy is you've got a little spare time on your hands, and you take that time, and you put your arm around that young man, and you encourage him. You Send him Bible verses, maybe write them on a piece of paper and leave them for him. That you meet with somebody that you work with and you encourage them. You start a Bible study in your apartment complex. You start a Bible study in your college uh, dorm room or your apartment. You invite people to come to it. You don't have to just have money in order to leave a legacy. You've got time, you've got energy, you've got a mouth, you've got a life. Your life is your legacy. But if you don't live it for Jesus right now, there will be no legacy left after you die. So your legacy is what you're doing now with your time, your talents, your treasures. And I want to speak to those of us who feel like an average Joe or a plain Jane. Because there's probably somebody sitting there going, well, that's easy for you to say, Clayton, because you're a pastor. You've been preaching for a lot of years. I mean, you're, you're in ministry. You're up on the stage. That's your legacy. What can I do? I stock shelves. I... I work on a tractor, I, I lay pipe on the side of the road. What can I do to leave a legacy? I feel like an average Joe or a plain Jane. Great, can I show you a picture? A real picture of a plain Jane and an average Joe? Let me introduce you to plain Jane and average Joe. That's my mom 
Jane, and my dad, Joe. I'm not making those names up. Those are their real names. Their real names. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me be adopted by a mama named Jane and a daddy named Joe. Just for this moment right here at New Spring, I can point to a picture and say, if you feel like average Joe and plain Jane, so did my mom and dad. Can I tell you about my mom and dad? The legacy I received from them is the legacy I'm passing on with Shari to our boys and those that come after us. My mom and dad were, were raised poor. And I don't mean, like, it's, it's kind of funny in the South how people will say, man, I was raised poor. Well, if you had a VCR in the 80s, you probably weren't poor. Some of y'all are like, VCR, what's that? <laughs> Google it, ask your grandma. My, no, my parents were literally raised poor. My dad had one pair of shoes a year. My mom did not have running water or electricity in her house until she was a senior in high school. They got married, they could not conceive, they tried, they couldn't have children. My mom actually had one miscarriage. It took them 10 years to adopt me. They did not go to college. They did not have a degree. They went to Hillcrest High School, the same school I graduated from. They were as country as cornbread. Like one great Bible scholar said, they were country when country wasn't cool. Come on, somebody. My mom and dad were as plain as anything you've ever seen. But you know what they did? They did not give me a choice about whether or not I was going to church on Sunday. They created a drug problem in my life. They drug me to church on Sunday morning, drug me to church on Sunday night, drug me to church on Wednesday night for RAs. Anybody know about RAs? Any of y'all men remember RAs? As a royal ambassador, I will do my best to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ, to have a Christ-like concern for all people. I'm done. That's all I got. They did not give me a choice. We prayed before every meal. My dad came home at 5.15 every day with grease on his hands because he worked in a motor shop. My dad wore overall every day, brown boots, camouflage John Deere hat, and chewed red man tobacco. Don't do that, young people. Don't do it. Don't do it. But my dad did. My mom was, my mom, oh my goodness, I could talk about her forever. But my mom, when I would, when I would like a girl, my mom would say, I ain't got a good feeling about that one right there. Look out. Look out. I say, well, what kind of feeling do you have? I don't know. She just turns me sideways. <laughs> Still don't know what that means. They passed a legacy on to me. When I got saved, my parents, remember, we all receive a legacy and then we leave a legacy. I received this from plain Jane and average Joe. When I started preaching, I couldn't even drive. I was 14. I, mean, I could drive on the farm, but I couldn't drive on a road. My parents drove me places to preach and they sat on the front row. And they just supported me. And I'm standing here today because they left me a legacy. You can do that for somebody. You can. Plain Jane, average Joe, you're exactly who God's looking for. You're exactly who God wants to leave a legacy. Psalm 78, five through seven says this. Let's read it together. Look on the screens. God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, 
and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. This is a legacy from Psalms that we read now 3,000 years after it was written, that we pass along these things to our children, that we teach them the commands of God, that we speak life into them, that we live out what we say we believe in front of the next generation because they're watching. They're watching us. They're watching how we spend our money. They're watching what we look at on our phones. They're watching how we treat people who are different than us. They're listening to our conversations. We're leaving a legacy, whether we mean to or not. Let's leave one for for the glory of God. And here's something I hope will encourage you. Don't be fancy or flashy. Just be faithful. You don't have to understand the deep theologies of the Bible that keep scholars confused and confounded, you just have to be faithful. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be flashy. Some of the godliest influences I received a legacy from when I was growing up, no kidding, were plumbers. I had some guys in my life, it's a family, and they had a plumbing business and they were very successful and they were very godly. I had a man that worked in my dad's motor shop His name was Smitty, he's in heaven now, and he was one of the godliest men I've ever met. And I started off sweeping floors in my dad's motor shop as a seven-year-old kid, worked my way up to being a mechanic in my dad's motor shop, and Smitty was constantly over at his workbench singing songs. He was Pentecostal, so he would also speak in tongues a lot. Not that only Pentecostals can do that, Christians can do that too. Thank you, Pastor Finn, for a great message in the previous, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But he'd be over there, and he scared me to death. He was speaking in tongues. I thought he was high as a kite. I thought he was smoking dope. But I watched him. You know what he did? He was never fancy. He was never flashy. He wore a work uniform with his name tag on it that said Smitty. But he was filled with the joy of the Lord. He was not flashy. He was not fancy. He was faithful. Can I show you a picture of a man I received a legacy from and now I leave a legacy because of? This is my pastor, Wilk Skinner, on on your far left. This was the first youth event I ever attended after I got saved. I was 14, this is Look Up Lodge and Traveler's Rest. Of course, Wilkes is there on the left and my friend Shane and my friend Ken, and then me. Church, can you just take a moment and can you just acknowledge my orange Daisy Dukes and the fact that I had hair? And it's good to get historical sometimes and to remember what, what used to be. That was the first youth event I ever went to. Wilkes Skinner was my pastor. Wilkes wasn't fancy. Wilkes wasn't flashy. But when I became a Christian and told my pastor that I had been called to preach, you know what that man right there said to me? Wilkes Skinner said, if you ever have a word on your heart, all you have to do is come and tell me and you can preach it right here at Crossroads Baptist Church. That man believed in me enough to let me preach in his pulpit And when I got it right, he encouraged me. And when I got it wrong, he coached me. He's with Jesus now. But the reason why I'm a pastor at New Spring, the reason why I'm an evangelist, the reason why Shari and I run a ministry called Crossroads, 
The reason why in the last six weeks we have seen 1,100 teenagers give their lives to Christ at our Crossroads summer camps is largely because Wilk Skinner, like Paul to Timothy, said, I've got some things I wanna show you. I got some things I wanna share with you. You're not gonna get it right, but you don't have to. Come on, son, let me put my arm around you and let me teach and coach and encourage you. If it weren't for Wilk Skinner, I don't know where I would be today. He wasn't fancy or flashy, but he was faithful. And you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be flashy. Just keep showing up. Read your Bible every morning. Pray every day. Give God thanks and humility. Bow your head before a meal and thank God for that food on your table because there are millions who would give anything to have what you have. When the air conditioner in your house breaks or in your car breaks, instead of fussing about it and being upset about it. Thank God that you have enough money to maybe go get it fixed. There is a legacy that you're leaving, that I'm leaving. Paul says this to Timothy in verses 12 through 17. Paul writes this, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me, what? Faithful, not flashy, not fancy, faithful, appointing me to his service, Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost but I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. And then, he, and then he's like, I can just feel Paul, he gets so worked up in the emotion, he just breaks into worship. And he gives a doxology. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. He got emotional thinking about what Jesus had done for him. And he wanted to show Timothy, as a man, I want you to see how much I love Jesus. I want you to see that my heart is still soft to the things of God. And I'm not ashamed to put pen to paper and give God praise and glory. I didn't deserve any of this, Timothy, neither do you. But I'm gonna pass it down to you because God entrusted it to us. God has entrusted you, church, New Spring Church. He has entrusted us to leave a legacy for the next generation. And it is the weekend, but it's more than the weekend. You know what else it is? It's the seat you're sitting in in your campus right now. Charleston, did you know? Northeast Columbia, did you know? Aiken, did you know? Greenwood, did you know? Clemson, Greenville, Spartanburg, did you know? Did you know Lake Wiley right now? Anderson, that seat you're sitting in right now? Somebody left a legacy. Somebody's tithe dollars paid for that chair. I mean, it's been hot, y'all. There's cold air blowing in your building right now. You know, somebody's tithe dollars paid for that. I mean, it's so hot. This is what Whitney Houston was singing about that she wanted to feel with somebody. This is the heat. You know why you're... <laughs> Come on, y'all. Work with a brother. Work with a brother. The, the reason why... The reason why some of your children right now are learning about Jesus on their level 
Instead of being brainwashed by a culture that wants to create division everywhere you turn, it's because men and women right now are volunteering in Kids Spring, teaching your children, keeping your children safe, talking to your children about who God is and what God is like. That is a legacy, and we're leaving that legacy. You can curse the darkness, but that doesn't do a thing. Shine a light, leave a legacy. Do something about it. If you want to change the world, leave a legacy. Because here's, I know some of y'all are thinking, but I didn't come from a Christian home. I wasn't raised going to Bible school. I, I didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't have godly parents. Okay, I'll give you that. Even if you didn't come from a godly legacy, a godly legacy can come from you. Stop making excuses. I'm gonna talk to you like a pastor. I'm gonna talk to you like somebody that loves you. Quit making excuses. You know what they say about excuses? They're like armpits. Everybody's got at least a couple and they all stink. No excuses. You can start a godly legacy in your home. You can start a godly legacy in your business. At that cubicle where you're just starting off your first job out of college, you can leave a godly legacy. Hey, students, my boys are in this room right now. And I'm gonna look at you guys because I know where at least y'all are sitting. You can leave a godly legacy at your Christian school, your private school, your home school, your public school. Be bold. Don't be scared to speak up. Also, don't be scared to love people. Don't click up with just the cool people. Find that one kid that sits by himself in the cafeteria, that one girl that has no friends, and go be their friend. Go talk to them. Go love them. You don't have to wait till you're old to leave a legacy. The legacy is the life you're living right now. If you didn't come from a godly legacy, make sure a godly legacy comes from you. You can start it right here, right now. And the best way to leave a legacy is not by trying to leave a legacy. It's by living as a bold disciple who makes bold disciples. That's the best way to leave a legacy. Don't obsess over leaving a legacy. Live for Jesus. Be a bold disciple, make bold disciples. If you're driving around anywhere, pretty much in America, you're gonna see signs of legacy. You drive down an interstate and you see a, you pass a sign. The next two miles is named after a, a politician or or um, a famous person, an influential person. If you drive around any city in America, you're gonna see buildings named after people. You're gonna see names across the front of entrances to college campuses. You're gonna see people who left a name after they were dead. And that's good, there's nothing wrong with that. But as Christians, we're called to do more than try to figure out what people will say about us after we're dead. We get to be bold disciples now who make bold disciples now. Who are you training up? Who are you passing truth on to? Who are you teaching? Who are you teaching how to witness? Like, who, who, do you ever, like, do you have a friend in your life that maybe is younger than you or maybe even a peer in your life where you share with them on a regular basis the people that you're meeting? the people that you're inviting to church. I try to do this. Shari and I try to do this for our kids. I mean, this past week, I was in the YMCA. There's a guy who works out at the Y, and I'm jealous of him because he's got really big muscles. I mean, like, this guy is jacked. <laughs> and um, I look at him, I'm like, in Jesus' name, in 10 years, I could look like that. I saw him and uh, his fiance last week. I saw him at church in the lobby, I'd never met the guy before that I know of. 
And I was gonna go over and say hey to him and it was gonna be kind of awkward. I was gonna be like, hey, I've seen you in the gym. <clears throat> I mean like, uh, I just didn't know how to do it. Well, they disappeared. I didn't get to say hey to him. Then the, like two days later, I see him in the gym. It's two o'clock, there's almost nobody at the YMCA. I like to work out about between two and three. And I saw him, I walk over to him, I'm like, hey, my name's Clayton. It's really good to meet you. He goes, yeah, um, I have been going to New Spring and we became friends. And then I, this morning, I'm standing outside and his sister walks up to me and goes, hey, my brother's in there. Their whole, like most of their family's here today. And I've made a new friend now that I'll be able to connect to, that I'll be able to pray for. He'll be able to pray for me. All of that is what a family does. That's how a family exists. We can't be okay with just, as they used to say, us four and no more. We've got a good, strong, healthy church, but we can never be satisfied with just the people who are here right now. To leave a legacy means we are getting after it. We're inviting people. We're sharing what we know. We're being friendly. You may not be an extrovert like me. There are no extroverts like me, maybe two or three in the whole world. You may be introverted and shy. It doesn't mean you can't go across a room and say hello to somebody. Doesn't mean you can't extend a hand and say, uh, my name is so-and-so and invite them to church. It doesn't mean that you can't be a friend with them. You know what was cool about talking with my new friend at the Y? Before I ever met him, Dan Leanne had befriended him. Dan Leanne had reached out to him. They started talking. That's what a family does. A family grows. That's what a legacy is. That's what it means to be bold disciples who make bold disciples. Can I show you a picture of a bold disciple? One in my life, like Timothy told Paul, I want to like Paul told Timothy, I want to pass this along to you. Let me show you a woman who has passed along a legacy to my family. This is a woman who is a bold disciple. This is, we call her nanny. Her name is Jane. I love plain Janes. My mom was Jane. This is Shari's grandmother. Of course, that's my wife, Shari. Jane Branch is 98 years young and sharp as a tack. Six children, 29 grandchildren. Shari's her oldest grandchild. And now I think 14 great-grandchildren. When the whole family comes from all over America for Thanksgiving or Christmas to to uh, Sandy Springs, Georgia for reunions. There's like 70 people in the whole family. That woman started a godly legacy. That woman, 98 years old, prays all day, every day, sends Bible verses, sends emails. She doesn't email much anymore because she can't really see the computer screen as well as she used to, but I can't tell you how much of an encouragement that woman has been to Shari and me. So, that woman leaves a legacy as a bold disciple making bold disciples. Shari is raised up and under the influence of a grandmother who is kind and godly and gentle. Shari feels called to ministry when she's 12. I feel called to ministry when I'm 14. When she was 12, I was 14. It was 1987. So in the same year, I just believe it was the same day. I think we're gonna get to heaven and Jesus is gonna say, I've got a surprise. I called both of y'all at the same time. That's just what I think in my mind because I'm positive like that. We both get called to ministry. We both meet each other. We both get married. We have children. We raise children. We raise them in this church. We bring them to this house. They are discipled here by bold disciples who make bold disciples. Do you know why our children are following Jesus right now? They're not perfect. It's because Nanny, a 98-year-old woman, Jane Branch, plain Jane Branch, loved Jesus, passed a legacy down to Shari, to our children. So don't wait until you're dead. Leave it while you're living. 
She's 98 and she's still leaving a legacy. Don't wait until your life is over. Paul knew his days were numbered. Paul knew his life was coming to an end and he had some things he wanted to make sure he gave to Timothy. I've got one more picture I wanna show you to really put an exclamation point on this message. It's a picture of me and my son Jacob and Pastor Ronnie Powell. So Ronnie Powell is 73 years old. When I was 14, I met him in prison. Now we weren't in there serving time. We were in a prison ministry together. I was 14 and I went to Givens Correctional. He was there. He said, hey, you're you're a preacher, right? You ever wanna come and preach for me? I said, sure. And I think the third church I ever preached at was his church. It's called New Life Baptist. He's preaching there right now in Greenville. And he said, just like Wilk Skinner, anytime you wanna preach for me, you have an open invitation. I could have called Ronnie at 8 a.m. this morning and said, Ronnie, I've got a word. Can I come and preach at New Life today? He'd say, come on. That's Ronnie Powell. Ronnie Powell let me preach my very first revival ever when I was 15. It was like a four-day revival. Jacob goes to Israel on a Fuse New Spring trip in 2019, walks in the front door of our house and says, God called me to preach while I was in Israel. He told Shari and I this whole process of the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And I let Ronnie Powell know my son Jacob has been called to preach. And Ronnie Powell said, tell him to come on and preach for me at New Life. The first time Jacob ever preached, I believe it was two summers ago, he preached and a 71-year-old woman gave her life to Jesus in Ronnie Powell's church. That picture I just showed you was from last month. Jacob preached a four-day revival for Ronnie Powell last month, 35 years after I preached a four-day revival for Ronnie Powell when I was 15 years old. That's legacy. That's legacy. That man just wants to pass on what God gave him. That's what Paul wanted to do for Timothy. That's what we want to do for our generation that's coming behind us. And that's what we want to equip every man, every woman, young, old, and everywhere in the middle to do at New Spring, to live a life that leaves a legacy. You can, and in Jesus' name, you will. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and open your hearts to the Lord right now. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. But there's an action item I want to encourage you to do, something I want you to take. I want you to take action. I want you to activate your faith. We're going to send our ministry teams now at every campus to their positions. These are men and women that have a calling and a gift to pray with and encourage people in our church. And so I'm going to invite our ministry team members to go ahead and move to to your places right now. And in a moment, I'm going to stand everybody up on their feet and the band is going to come and they're going to sing and they're going to lead us in worship. And if God has spoken to you during this message and you need to take action, you need to open up that spare bedroom, give away that free, that car to somebody for free that you don't drive, write that check for $3 or $30,000, begin to tithe, get your kids in church, or just begin to read your Bible and pray every day. Leaving a legacy begins with one simple step of faith. And I'm gonna invite you to go to one of our ministry team members and make yourself accountable to that thing God has spoken to you considering and concerning your legacy today. I'm gonna invite everybody to stand up on their feet. I'm gonna pray. Go ahead and stand up across all of our campuses. I'm gonna pray. And when the band begins to sing, you can move to a ministry team member and just pray with them for encouragement and accountability 
God, thank you for the legacy that you have left us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the legacy that Paul left for Timothy. And thank you for the legacy we get to leave for the generation that comes after us right now as we move. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.